Hi, I'm Annette. Thank you for joining us for our Christmas special episode of the Queensland Rail History Podcast. Our podcast is all about discovering the rich story of the railways across our state and how they evolved and the hardworking people who created them. With us today is our historian, Greg Hallam. Merry Christmas, Greg. How are you? Oh, Annette, a happy Christmas to you as well. Season greetings to our listeners from here in the loft at Toowoomba Railway Station. Christmas on the go? Yeah, we'll talk about that today. The Christmas period was always one of the busiest times for travellers in Queensland who went to visit family or to go on holidays on the Queensland Railways. Demand for berths on long-distance trains or seats meant that extra services were required or extra divisions of trains were run, such as the Sunshine Express or the other mail trains of the era. The first excursions on the Queensland Railways took place around Christmas in 1865, with a special train being organised to the end of the line, Granchester, or Vicks Camp. On the 26th of December 1865, the paddle steamer Ipswich left Brisbane for Ipswich on the Brisbane and Brevin rivers, and on arrival a number of the passengers proceeded to Vicks Camp using excursion trains that had been laid on by the railway department. Within a few miles of Vicks Camp, there were a number of picnic parties scattered about, and all evidently determined to enjoy themselves to their heart's content. As the railways became the common mass transport service for Queenslanders, and the uh, lines extended further and further into the state, so more people came to rely on the trains to get to where they wanted to at this time of year. The newspapers always carried the advice from the railway department of additional services being provided or reported on when the crowds came flooding home. Almost a century ago, the arrival home of 6,000 holidaymakers from the south coast was reported on as follows. The Melbourne Street Railway Station was a scene of great activity on Monday night when about 6,000 holidaymakers returned from their Christmas and New Year holidays. Six trains carrying their freight of sunburnt, refreshed, though regretful seasiders came from Coolangatta and Tweed Heads. Another train brought back hundreds of holidaymakers from West Burley, where three more trains carried those persons who had chosen Southport as the place in which to spend their holiday. Between 6 o'clock and 10.30 o'clock, a long file of cabs and motor cars moved past the station entrance until the last of the travellers had been conveyed to their homes. The railway officials, assisted by policemen from the South Brisbane station, who had been constantly on duty on the rush days, expeditiously handled the large crowds and the heavy traffic. And that was from the Queenslander on Saturday the 6th of January of 1923. Regularly in the newspapers, I mean for 130 years ago, the arrival of trains at stations throughout Queensland was always big news, especially with the people who travelled with it, celebrities even. But to actually have a big report like that was basically showing how many people would travel by train on a special occasion and also how popular these destinations are in this day and age. We think of places like the South Coast and the North Coast from, you know, really being perhaps inventions since the 1960s, but they weren't. They were always there. And that's why the railways were built in many cases to places like the uh, Southport or even closer to home, places like Shorncliffe, Sandgate, or down to Cleveland. They were built there specifically for seasiders and for people who could actually take the opportunity to travel by train to their favourite watering hole. However, 20 years later, it was a different story. The railways were being stretched to the utmost with the defence of Australia during the Second World War and the battles raging in the South Pacific and New Guinea. The priority was given to the movement of war material and troops, Passengers could still travel, but on overcrowded trains that might take hours to reach their destinations, sharing these with troops on leave. Now, the traditional holiday plus end-of-year excursion trains, however, they weren't run. The railway department actually placed the following ads in the newspapers of the day advertising of no excursion trains. 
And this is what was written. The Railway Department advises, by advertisement, that due to circumstances over which the Railway Department has no control, it will not be possible to run special excursion trains during the Christmas New Year period. That was in the Nambour Chronicle on the 26th of November 1943. The circumstances over which the Department had no control, of course, was the Second World War. However, Christmas 1945 was an entirely different story, as the Queensland Times breathlessly reported. Ipswich holiday exodus and Christmas arrangements. With the dread uncertainty of war removed at last, Ipswich people will be able to relax this Christmas for the first time since 1939. That indefinable element, familiarly termed the Christmas spirit, has manifested itself more spontaneously than for many years past. Thousands of industrial workers and their families began their Christmas holidays immediately after work ceased yesterday. In some instances, railway and mill workers will enjoy a break of three weeks. Others will be away for a fortnight. The three weeks granted to Ipswich Railway Workshop employees this year represents the longest holiday railway workers have had for some years. During the difficult war years, some did not get their holidays for about two years. At seaside resorts, demand has been so strong this year that agents suggest that Christmas of 1945 may be one of the best on record. All houses were booked out weeks ago, and while thousands of Ipswich people will be joining in the holiday stampede, many hundreds more will be enjoying their Christmas festivities at home. So yeah, so I've finally been able to travel by train. I would have been overcrowded, but the sense of relief to actually be able to go and see family again, to go to your favourite place for a holiday, which I haven't been able to do for years, the festive stirrup must be absolutely incredible. The sense of relief that went with it, absolutely wonderful. Not all the stories of Christmas and the New Year period, however, were full of such concerns, even in a time of peacetime rejoicing. The New Year period was always one of the busiest times for special trains and gave young people from the country an opportunity to see the ocean, sometimes for the first time. Local papers were filled with stories of young people recounting their enjoyable experience. One of these people was a lovely young lady at the time by the name of Elsie Neal. In the 1920s and 30s and even earlier on, newspapers of the day actually encouraged people to write small stories to fill their news columns. They even ran essays as well. That was basically, again, to extol the virtues of travelling by train. And in many cases, it was about one of the big adventures for themselves at that year at that time. That was a trip to the seaside. There's one um, wonderful story here called An Excursion to Emu Park. It was written by Elsie Neal. It was in the Central Queensland Herald on the Thursday, the 1st of January of 1931. And Elsie actually related a story where she went down to the lovely waters of Emu Park from the mining town of Mount Morgan. Last Wednesday, an excursion was held at Emu Park. The train left Mount Morgan at 7.30am and arrived there at 10.30. The carriages were filled with adults and children. On reaching Emu Park, we went to the bathing shed where we left our clothes and went for a swim in the sea. It was glorious. After having a good swim, we boiled the billy and had our dinner. We then took snaps of the shops and beautiful scenery and walked along the beach. We came to a clump of oysters not far from the beach. Then we had a rest under the shade of some trees and asked each other riddles. After another good swim, we sat on the beach for a while, then we went exploring the town. At half past three, we bought some ice creams and drinks. At five o'clock, we left on our return journey to Mount Morgan. On reaching Rockhampton, we started to play the gramophone, and then sang some songs. We had more room in our carriage as many stepped out at Bari. On entering the Mount Morgan platform, I bade my mates goodbye, and then we left each other, sunburnt and tired, and happy and having returned home. Thursday, the 1st of January 1931, Central Queensland Herald.
It was obvious that annual pilgrimage was a high point in many lives. There's another wonderful story that actually came out from North Queensland, and this was by Rose of the Mountains, Sadie Glendon. And she actually wrote a lovely little account um, how she travelled to Freshwater and other places there up around the Cairns-Coranda Railway. And it was how I spent the holidays, mountains and seaside. I spent my Christmas holidays at Freshwater with my aunt. On January the 28th, I caught the early train down the line. After travelling at half an hour, we came to Coranda Railway Station, which is a very pretty place with its nice orchids, ferns and different kinds of flowers. It's a treat for me to see as where I live is all burnt with bushfires and it makes the place look so weary. After 20 minutes stop, the train journeyed farther down, where we passed the Barren Falls and Stony Creek, which was also a pretty sight. The river had just risen about six feet, and it made the falls ever so much nicer. When the sun shone on the white mist, you could see a rainbow appearance across it, which made it a beautiful scene. Then we came to a garage on top of the range. This was a wonderful sight. I could see cans and its vessels out on the sea, sugarcane farms, red lynch, and several other green and red surroundings. I think it was the nicest sight I've ever seen and I enjoyed every minute of my journey. Next day, my aunt took us for a picnic to Double Island. We reached the beach after lunch. We got our bathing togs on and we went for a sea bath. This was interesting to me for I'd never seen a sea beach, but I was very nervous because I heard a lot about sharks and alligators in the sea. I enjoyed it very much. Your unseen band, Rose of the Mountains, Sadie Glendon. That was in the Cairns Post on Wednesday the 10th of May, 1933, page 14. The interesting thing is, so much of that journey, nearly a century on, you can still go recapture this day on the Coranda Scenic Railway. Quite possibly, you can see scenes very much like that that uh, Sadie saw well, back in 1933. There's many people out there who've got their own personal accounts of travelling by train you know, around the Christmas New Year period and... There's actually a story that I'm very fond of and it's um, recounted to me by my mother it relates to when she used to visit her grandparents who were at Mount Perry, which is a copper mining town about 120 kilometres west of Bundaberg. And taking the rail motor out there, or sometimes the steam train as they call it, which ran twice a week, the steam train, out to uh, visit her for our relations for Christmas. And uh, the story that came through was again that feeling of festivity and the special spirit that was on the train. Because for people it was a big opportunity to um, you know, travel the distance courtesy of the Queensland Railways, the journey was just so important because, again, it'd be the opportunity to go back and connect with their own families and things like that. And I guess that's been the great thing this year while working on these uh, <laughs> Queensland Rail podcasts. I've really enjoyed the uh, being able to connect with the many people out there and tell the story of the Queensland Railways. I hope that the uh, connection will be continuing through into um, 2022. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure to do this as a uh, Christmas stocking filler today. Wish each and every one of you a happy Christmas and a bright and prosperous 2022. We wish you all the best for this time of year, hoping that you have enjoyed sharing the stories of our railway history. We are looking forward to bringing you some more tales in 2022. Oh, and a fun rail history fact, Annette. This time next year, it'll be 70 years since the first diesel electric locomotives entered service in Queensland. And hopefully next year, you'll be able to find out some more about that in an upcoming episode. Thanks, Greg, and Merry Christmas.